All right, folks, welcome back in to the WJR Sportsbook. Always a pleasure discussing everything under the sports umbrella with you here on the Blowtorch. And might I add, as we kick off this edition, it is a very, very special edition, as you will find out (laughs) thusly. Uh, My name is Steve Courtney. Jamie Edmonds, what's up? What's happening? Um, I feel good. I feel happy because I golfed today. Yeah, you were able to get out to Oakland Hills with a bunch of hacks. <laughs> I was invited to play, but I had duties here. Uh, but you were with uh, our esteemed sales guru, Jeff Marcero, uh, who's usually at the center of many, many golf junkets. David Hall. Yes. Who we talked on this phone, uh, on this radio show. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent golfer. Well, uh, at one time, if the story holds true, David was a scratch golfer, right and left-handed. He played right left-handed and today. left-handed. I hate him. He's amazing, really good. How do you do that? Hey, I'm the know. hater on the show. You can't hate anyone. I don't like David <laughs> Hall. He's a scratch golfer from both sides. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, he's a good friend and uh, really a good player. And uh, who else was on hand? Chris Alberto. Yes, Chris. He's a good player. Excellent. He drove a couple par fours, I think, or close wow. to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it was at Oakland Hills, and you had the chance to get back there. That is the site of our very first radio program together last Memories. August. And things were a little bit different. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the uh, knocking down of that historic building is under underway. Yes. It's jarring to pull into the parking lot. It really is to see the building as it is, but they have started the process of removing it. And I think once that's gone and the the wreckage is sort of gone, yeah. it won't be as sad to see it, but it's it's still really wild. Uh, I'm going to be there in a week or two, and it's going to be sad. Uh, I've had the distinct pleasure of being in that fine building many times and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it uh, each and every time. And uh, I think still the best decision that the powers that be made there was the replacement is going to be an exact replica for all the right reasons. Don't quote me. I think this was their first event, golf event that they've had. Uh And so they're working out where to put people for lunch, where to get the carts, where to drive in, things like that. They made it happen. And everything we heard from membership is this what this is what they want to do. They want to move forward. They want to do things. Well, you have to, I guess. Right. And so you just drive around the clubhouse as is right now, which has a fence around it. Uh, what'd they do? Bring in a burger truck? <laughs> no, there was a lovely lunch. Wow. I don't know where they made it. Well, you know what? It's Oakland Hills. They're going to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. It was, it was great. Obviously, the golf course, the south and the north, both in action today. If you don't look behind you and you look forward, the course is great. All right. Now, to the big, big news. I'll let you know again. Uh, special thanks to our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for underwriting this here radio show. We were there uh, a while ago to help them open their sports book, Ascend, which, from what I understand, is doing very, very well. Uh, while we were there uh, over uh, dinner as we were watching the national championship game, uh, Jamie, there with her husband, Ryan, uh, announced to the group, and let me just tell you this, I, I, I should be like an investigator because I have a sixth sense of things. Uh-huh. 
shortly after the radio program, I imbibed. <laughs> I, uh, in fact, I made a beeline for a Miller Lite. Right. I've been known to do that. I was offered a cocktail. And you declined. Right. In my presence. Right. And all of a sudden, the hamster jumped on the habit trail. <laughs> Smoke started coming out of your head. And I'm thinking, this isn't my partner, right? What's <laughs> no. going on? So I, I, I just said, well, you know what? We're getting ready to have dinner, blah, blah, blah. So then later on at our second dinner, you made a fantastic announcement with your husband, Ryan. Go ahead. Yes. Expecting a baby in September. Oh. <laughs> uh, so on, great. on the program, we are joined by uh, producer Nick Roddy as well Woo-hoo! as uh, Blake. How about that news, fellas? It's awesome. Congrats, Jamie. Thank you. It's the best news. Best news. See, he can't hate on this what good news. No, no, it's incredible. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so you. to combine our two top stories of the evening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the golf course, uh, you were able to chip and putt. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. I. How'd it feel? Good. It's not that. It's not as fun to not drive right, right now. But I'm following doctor's orders. But man, my chipping was good. By the end of the season, you're going to be my pro. short game's going to be amazing. <laughs> All right, let's cut to the chase. Any bizarre cravings? <laughs> no, I just say quantity of what is what's the name of the game right now. I'm just hungry a lot, and I like a McFlurries from McDonald's. Well, you know what? Maybe you've heard this. Already. But let me just pile on. You're eating for two. Yes, I've heard that. And you know what? To McDonald's, if your machine could not be broken so much, that'd be awesome. Your ice cream machine. Well, that's a... I'll uh, make a call for you. That's a national disaster. (laughs) I I mean, there's actually an app that will tell you which McDonald's ice cream machines are working. Isn't that right, Blake? That's true. You might need that. I don't indulge in those anymore, but I do know it's a thing. You should see my face when I wait in the line. I pull around. I order it. And they're like the machines out. I'm like, no. <laughs> so, uh, baby due in September. Yes. Mm. I'm going to keep the gender to myself for now. Does your husband know? Yes, he knows. Okay. <laughs> we well, know. You said just yourself. So. We're planners, but I'm you know, just saying like that. Right I'm normally now. not this kind of guy. You know that. Mm-hmm. But. I have been privy to some information. Hush money? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I've told people close to me, so you better zip it over there. Nothing is getting out of this trap, I'll tell you what. That is absolutely awesome news. Thank you. Uh, First child is spectacular. Yeah, I'm All children are spectacular. A lot of items that one must register for that I have no idea what they do. So I'll work on that. You know, it's a it's a big, big moment for you. And uh, I can't let this slide. Uh, Blake and his wonderful fiance put a bid in on a house and they got it today. Big life events going on here. Mine doesn't touch yours. No, we're very proud of you, Blake. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Meanwhile, I'm still waiting for my invitation to Oakland Hills. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pretty soon, Nikki boy. Don't you worry about that. Nick, do you have any big news? I have nothing to announce. No, you do. I Nick, do? Yes. What was it? Last week, Nick built his own grill. What? Yeah, that's true. 
There's just well, great Nick. news going on all over the place. Well, what's your news then? He's guest hosting the Mitch album show for the next two weeks. That, yeah, that's pretty much my life now. <laughs> uh, but uh, a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, and besides, any news that I have would surely pale in comparison <laughs> to building my own grill. <laughs> How long did it take you? Because you know what? Here's the thing. You know, sooner or later, once Blake and his uh, fiance get in the house, and I'm going to tell him this up front, Uncle Steve is the most unhandy man in the history of unhandy men. So please, don't call me for anything. (laughs) I may be able to help you with a light bulb situation. What if I need help uh, opening like a case of beer? That he can do. That's what I thought. Well, you know what we'll do? We'll watch a YouTube video together. We might be able to figure it out. That's all I can tell you. All right. All the good news is out of the way. We proceed with the sports news du jour. Uh, your Detroit Tigers split the weekend series with the Guardians. We'll talk about that and something as it pertains to the Bengals, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Leave it here. It's the WJR Sportsbook. All right, folks. Welcome back into the Sportsbook. Steve and Jamie here with you. The uh, Tigers over the weekend uh, split the two-game series with the Guardians. It was supposed to be three, but uh, one was postponed because of rain. Uh, but Mr. Alex Fiedo, uh steps in yesterday, and uh, the Tigers get the win. And Mr. Fiedo, uh he was thrown into the rotation because of injury and whatnot. Uh, he is looking absolutely spectacular in his first four starts. And congratulations, we should send him a card uh, gets his first major league win. How about that? Good for him, especially when the Tigers' rotation has been decimated. They needed some good news, and Alex comes in. And it was his fourth appearance. He's been looking good overall. First major league win. Good for him. And tonight, uh, they'll begin a three-game set in the land of 10,000 lakes against the Minnesota Twins. And Elvin Rodriguez, the 24-year-old right-hander, uh, will be making his major league starting debut. Alvin has done some work coming out of the bullpen. Um, but here is a mind-boggling statistic for you. Elvin Rodriguez will be the 11th different starting pitcher for the Tigers this year. That is unbelievable. You have to go back to 1939. I heard Matt Shepard say this on the telecast yesterday. You have to go back to 1939 to equal that number. In that year, they started 12 different starters. The injury bug this year has been awful. I just can't get over the different people affected and the different uh, um, ailments that are happening to these guys. Well, even affected the skipper, for crying out loud. Thank goodness it wasn't COVID, but uh, A.J. Hinch uh, had to sit out one ball game at the uh, hotel. But you take a look at, uh, and, and this is a, a list. There's been five starting pitchers put on the injured list. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Michael Pineda, uh, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, a couple of relievers along the way, Kyle Funkhauser, Jose Cisnero, uh, a couple of outfielders, Austin Meadows. Uh, they are now officially listing Austin Meadows uh, with the vertigo. And uh, I'll tell you what, I guess it's uh, quite a quandary what's going on there. Kind of sad. Well, it's not like, you know, a broken bone. You said it. It's this many weeks. You're back. You just don't know with that injury. It's it's a gray area. So they don't know when he's going to be back. Well, with that, uh, I don't know if you uh, know anybody who has dealt 
uh, with vertigo. I've had a couple of family members uh, go through it, and it's not fun because there's medication for it, but, you know, sometimes it helps. But if it's severe, I mean, there's nausea, there's this, there's balance, there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, But A.J. Hinch saying yesterday, no update on uh, Meadows' vertigo status and that the team is very concerned with what's going on. (laughs) They should be concerned with what's going on. For the most part, though, with all of those starters out, their pitching has not been all that bad, and the bullpen has been great. Little moments here or there where things sort of blew up, but their pitching has not been bad. Well, uh, it wasn't all that long ago. The Tigers' bullpen had the uh, second-best relievers ERA in the American League. Right. But nobody can hit. Right. That that has been the problem. Uh, you know, how many times? And listen, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, watching the Tigers is one of my enjoyments in life. Um, but you see them load the bases. You have no confidence. Out, nobody out. Yeah. And it's a it's a crapshoot if they're going to score anybody. People keep looking for little signs that things are going to turn around. Maybe Javi Baez getting his home run, that's a sign. Maybe Miguel Cabrera heating up could be a sign that things are turning around. I think it's been since April that Baez, yeah, first home run since April 26th. So maybe things are turning. Well, you know what? Another good sign, uh, you mentioned guys uh, struggling, maybe coming around a little bit. Jonathan Scope uh, might be added to that. I mean, right now he's hitting 161, but there are signs uh, that he's on the verge of contributing. Eight uh, RBIs, three home runs. Jamer Candelario, you put him in that as well. We saw what Jamer Candelario did a year ago. And he was Mr. Clutch more times than not. Right. Uh, at least making solid contact throughout last year's campaign. He's hitting 196 right now. He's better than that. He is. Um, the other thing that could be a good sign is that Tarek Skubal was hit with that ball, but they're saying he's going to just make his next start, get an extra day of rest and come back, yeah. which would also be great for the Tigers because he's been their best starter. The ace, right. I would say. He, you know, And he was throwing well. What was it, Saturday? Right. And he uh, took the uh, heater off his shin. Oh, that looked like it hurt. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I just bumped my elbow on a dresser and it hurts. (laughs) Did you put yourself on the IL? (laughs) Scoobal had a great bite that I ran over the weekend, a soundbite, where he said, maybe we should burn some sage or something in this clubhouse. You know what? Something, because I've never seen it, uh, nor has A.J. Hinch, as long as he's been uh, in big league ball. And... You know, I guess uh, you have to give them a break based on the mash unit. Right. Um, but that being said, still a lot of work to do. So, you know, cross your fingers the, that things work out in Minnesota. This ball club can get a little something going. Yeah. Here's to hoping. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, how about some uh, college hoops news? We begin uh, with Juwan Howard. Uh, there was some pretty serious interest from the L.A. Lakers about their head coaching opening. And obviously, uh, for several reasons, Juwan Howard was looked at as maybe a no-brainer. Well, he has let them know that they can search elsewhere because he's going to stay in A-squared. Well, I mean, he played with Palinka. He played Mm -hmm. with LeBron James. I heard there was no formal offer made, but if interest was shown from Juwan, then it would go in that direction. But Juwan shut it down. He wants to coach his two kids and stay in Ann Arbor. Plus, the job in L.A. doesn't seem that appealing. 
No, uh, not at all. And, uh, you know, the status of uh, LeBron up in the air, uh, Anthony Davis, eh, you know, uh, everything that they've tried there clearly didn't work with them on the outside looking in in the postseason. And to whom a lot is given, a lot is expected. I think that would be a headache of a job. Right. I think a lot of coaches would think that. Uh, But here's what, in my opinion, uh, the Michigan basketball Wolverines – Ward Manuel are looking at, you know, Juwan Howard uh, has had success in Ann Arbor, obviously. And with his run in the NBA as a player and his contacts, I think this is going to be something that Michigan's going to deal with anytime there is a uh, top level or maybe not even top level head coaching vacancy. Juwan Howard's name will be thrown around all the time. I'm sure. And that's got to be very frustrating for Ward Manuel or any AD that always constantly has to deal with this. I think that'd be hard. Well, they just kind of went through it with Harbaugh, didn't they? Yeah. And, you know, I know Ward a little bit, and I'm sure it uh, was a little bit tense. But just knowing the situation, they're going to go through it with Juwan as well. I don't know. It's not like they call me in the back rooms. But the the um, Harbaugh stuff did not seem that real to me. It seemed like a bargaining chip for him. This in the NBA with Howard seems a little more real to me. Uh, Meanwhile, Magnum T.I., Tom Izzo, uh, saying this afternoon that he thinks his roster is pretty well set. Uh, He had a little shindig going on at the Detroit Economic Club at the uh, Motor City Casino. The quote here, you never know what could happen, but I think it's pretty well set. I'm happy with my roster. Now, this being said, after they lose Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, uh, Julius Marble Max enters the transfer portal, goes to Texas A&M, and Max Christie, I'm still having a hard time with that. I know. I, I was looking forward to him coming back. Uh, a gifted player, no doubt, as a freshman. Did some things well beyond his years. He could have benefited from another year of college. That's all I'm saying. But what else is Tom Izzo going to say? You have to say that to keep the guys you have happy so they don't go in the transfer portal. Maybe he's still looking on the down low. Well, you know what? I don't know, you know, how well this transfer portal thing is panning out. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, college athletics, as we saw over the last week in the SEC with uh, Saban and Jimbo Fisher going at it. And I think that's just the start. I don't think we've seen the tip of that proverbial iceberg as of yet. I think it is a free for all kind of messy situation. Well, the NIL is, let's just call it what it is. It's free agency. Yeah. It is. Which inherently I don't think is bad. Call it, call these college athletics what it is then, the minor leagues for the pro leagues. Well, you know what? And again, not to beat the dead horse, but Nick Saban, if you read between the lines, did not call Jimbo Fisher a cheater. You bought players. Right. Okay. It's not against the rules. Right. If you did. I mean, there's some rules that are hard to follow. Like the school can't do it, but the boosters can do it. And you can't contact a a guy who hasn't signed yet, which is probably happening. Well, get back to Tom Izzo. At the NIL's infancy, I asked him, how does this all pan out as far as recruiting goes? Okay, you're in an athlete's home. He's got family members there. Mom, dad, Uncle uh, Sid, 
and you're giving him a spiel as to why Michigan State is the perfect home for your son. And Uncle Sid starts making the, all right, well, what about, you know, finances? Right. Coaches, and Tom was very adamant about this, coaches can have nothing to do with NIL. Right. Nothing. But then the boosters aren't supposed to call Uncle, what'd you call him? Sid. Sid. Before the kid actually signs with the school, is my understanding. That depends on the state. So some states like Texas, you can't do NIL while you're still in high school. California, you can. So there was a a QB commit that just committed to Tennessee. He already has, I believe, signed a half a million dollar NIL deal because he lives in the state of California. He can sign that. And it can be through Tennessee boosters. I mean, that's so it's just state not by fair state. Then. Well, well, California state, state laws. That's it. Just depends on the state. California is basically what started it. Uh, you know, when they said that college players can benefit off name, image, and likeness, they were the first state to bring that aboard. And then it became a very slippery slope. Now, uh, what about uh, Deion Sanders at Jackson State? Because he was brought into it by Saban as well. Yeah. About this kid that originally committed to Florida state gifted athlete and somebody collected a million dollars or so the story that's, went. That's what, uh, basically someone like posted that on Twitter and it ended up being like a troll thing. Like none of that's true. He didn't get conf- like a million dollars confirmed. I'm sure there is NIL money going his way for going to that small of a school. But according to the kid, and he responded to Saban's comments, like he said, basically, like, I wanted to go play for Coach Prime. Well, so. you know, Tom Izzo, in his discussion uh, with the Economic Club, also uh, makes a, a pretty darn good point. I think this is uh, applies to football as well. The way colleges used to go about their recruiting was obviously heavy, 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 heavy uh, high school. Right. Now with the transfer portal, there are those under the impression, and Nick, uh, you being a uh, high school basketball coach, uh, can jump in on this. Uh, there are many high school folks, ADs, college or, uh, or uh, high school football basketball coaches, that are saying, yeah, there's been a real change in the way of the recruitment process. It's It's absolutely hurting the high school recruits because they are – not getting offered as early as they had been in their high school careers. Like they're going into their senior years having no offers or are very few offers. Whereas the same player three years ago wouldn't have division one offers. And it's a trickle down because the smaller schools in the NCAA are losing players to the transfer portal. So they lose a guy to a bigger school, but meanwhile, they're trying to bring in a guy to replace him. So they're not recruiting those high school players that they normally right. would a couple right. of years ago. And, uh, is says it's uh, kind of unfortunate, but is the realism of uh, college athletics today. Oh, and by the way, uh, last December, uh, Tuck Cummins, uh, Mel Tucker told me there are 5,000, and this was last December, it's probably more, 5,000 names in the transfer portal in college football. I'm sure there are positions that just look at the transfer portal for each school. Yeah. Up to date, up to minute, seeing who's there. Michigan State has a college scouting department. Right. And that's what they do. They scour it to see if there's a fit. So I'm sure basketball as well. So they're doing that, putting more effort into that than going to College Station, Texas and finding a young kid there. That's part of the issue with it, though, is these small colleges like an Akron or something like that. 
they're not getting the same staff like commitment and stuff out of their staff so they can't scout they can't look at those 2000 kids in the transfer portal right and with the transfer portal you also have to remember and like relating it back to the high school kids all these kids got an extra year of eligibility because of covid right so there's there's even more of a like a backstock of college athletes so that's really hurting high school athletes too because the transfer portal is filling up even more because of all the extra eligibility. You know what it is? It's a black hole going on right now. And uh, how it's going to work itself out, I, I think it's anyone's guess. Uh, but mark my words, and I said this from the get-go, darn it, this NIL, while being in complete agreement that college athletes deserve a stipend, they do. Uh, Saban, in his statements that caught fire, uh, says at Alabama they try to get twenty to twenty five grand per player. All right now that's a little bit more even than the haves and the have nots. Right. Well, in other places you're going to have one kid that gets a right. lot, and other kids that don't get anything. While working just as hard. Right. How's that going to go? You on? can't ignore it though. You can't just be like, well, we're not going to do the NIL deals. We're not going to. Oh no, you can't. No, not you can't. now. You or you won't compete then. No, the horse is out of the barn, baby, and and this is what we're dealing with, right, wrong, or indifferent. Who came out? It wasn't. It was a Southern football coach. I forget now who came out and said this is going to make older coaches who might have coached for five more years or whatever leave. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think that holds true in football. I think it holds true in basketball. I look at Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Right. Now you can say uh, that you know Jay Wright left because of this, that, or the other thing. Look. It's hard now being a, a, a college coach. There is a lot of moving I thought parts. recruiting was hard anyway to be a college coach. It never stops. Right. And now it's even harder. Well, we'll see. You know, uh, here's a question, and I'll just say this out loud. Will the NCAA grow a spine for the first time in a while and make a decision? No. <laughs> That's why Hemmer so. is leaving the NCAA. He was getting out. It's an he, archaic he organization. It. Yeah. It's an archaic organization that needs to be completely leveled and rebuilt. Otherwise, what you're going to have is what was discussed not all that long ago. You will have five super conferences, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on the outside looking in. Right. And they will govern themselves. So There has to be regulation. All right. I don't know the answer. We'll switch gears. Uh, Your Detroit Lions begin OTAs tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, the Lions starting to get a lot of national love. We'll talk about that as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, folks, once again, your... Detroit Lions get organized team activities going tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And uh, we discussed the schedule release, and we talked amongst ourselves, and I'm sure you as listeners did the same thing with friends, family members, work folk, how many wins you're expecting from the Honolulu Blue and Silver this year. I said seven. We all said seven, I think. So all of a sudden nationally 
the Lions, I think, are getting a different look following the draft. I really do. And I'm ready to submit People's Exhibit A. Go, go ahead. Uh, Bill Simmons and Walter Sharp had a little uh, sit-down, and they were kibitzing about, among other things, the NFC North. And this was uh, kind of enlightening. Here is cut one. Division winner. Odds are out. Any sleepers for you? I think what one team that's interesting, although like this would be a major long shot, and and basically you're you're needing something to fall apart with the Packers' early schedule here, uh, and that could be you know potentially the the Detroit Lions coming out of nowhere. Uh, mm. We know that they I really like their rest advantage. They also have the fifth easiest schedule based upon who they play this season, and so they're a team like look. I think with the Lions you wanna. You want to swing big with these guys. Either either you don't want to back them or you want to back them to have a really turnaround season. And the conversation would continue. Detroit plus 850 for the NFC North. Yeah, Detroit, I'm with Detroit you, man. plus 850. The Packers. Playoffs. Detroit the, playoffs. Yeah, what if like what if Aaron Jones like pulls a hammy in week two or they have one well, other the, weapon that I trust, you know? Right. And, and, and without Devontae Adams, the key is like Aaron Rodgers had so many benefits as he's passing the ball. The defenses have to overplay yeah. Devontae. Now that you remove Devontae and, you know, you've got a young, less experienced wide receiver there that they drafted in the second round who's going to be asked to perform really well for them. And I mean, if those wide receivers don't get on the same page as Aaron Rodgers early in the season or during the offseason, we know these quarterbacks, they don't like to play a lot during the offseason. Um, how long will it take for them to gel? And then what happens if the team doesn't get off to a great stretch? I mean, it's difficult to bet against this team. Uh, Matt LaFleur has won 13 games, the only coach in the NFL to win 13 games in each of his first three seasons with a team. Um, so obviously they're doing a lot of yeah, the right Yeah, but we also there. know the NFL runs are like three, four years. And then somebody else steps in and then they have that's just how it goes. You have to constantly reinvent yourself every four years. All right. So there you have it. And to review, they're talking about the Lions with the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL and Bill Simmons, Walter Sharp, a little bit sour, maybe questionable about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think it is wild, the national attention that the Lions are getting right now. It's unprecedented. Pro football focus, so they're the most improved. Mina Kimes of ESPN came out and said she has high hopes. I mean, Tom Pelissero. Yeah. What is going on? Well, and Peter King, who I have a lot of respect for, he's been around forever. All of a sudden, in his uh, Football Morning in America rankings, he has bumped the Detroit Lions up to number 20. Number 20, which of late, for all the right reasons, this is kind of unprecedented. Uh, I did some reporting on the Lions in Detroit this month. I'm higher on them than most. Consider how hard they played in a disastrous rookie year for Coach Dan Campbell and how, despite winning only three games, they were 11-6 and six against the spread, indicative of a team outperforming expectations. Consider a schedule that includes eight games against the NFL's netherworld, Consider a team that entered December winless and finished 3-3, three and three, though the last one against the Pack uh, playing out the string. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for us to be very optimistic. This according to Jared Goff. So Peter King writing something that positive about the Lions. Okay. And yet they don't get any primetime games. Which, you know, Dan Campbell, this dude's going to be such a rock star. 
when Hard Knocks is in the D. I mean, this dude knows how to play the game, and he's extremely good at it. And clearly the Lions didn't fold on him last year. Right. Three well, wins, okay. I think they're improved. I like their draft. But I've been here long enough to be cautiously optimistic. Well, and what did Dan Campbell say about no national games? He said, I love it. Right. I really enjoy it because I like 1 o'clock games because it gives me a longer opportunity to work on next week's opponent. Right. And maybe, you know, that was PR, and he wasn't going to say, well, you know, and maybe he would. I, I have no doubts that Dan Campbell eventually will say, you've got to play well to be primetime. I, I hope they play well. The city deserves it. Wouldn't but it be something? I'm cautiously optimistic. All right, folks, we're going to take a uh, quick break, come back, and uh, bring the uh, NHL and NBA playoffs into focus. We'll do that as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, here we go. Uh, NBA playoffs, the Heat. Have a 2-1 lead over the Celtics with Game 4 tonight. I still say that one's going 7. The Warriors, they're running away with it. They're up 3-0 on the Mavs. To the NHL we go. The Lightning on the verge of sweeping the Panthers. Oh, and by the way, reports say the Panthers players were at his trip club following a 5-1 loss in Game 3. What a move. Well, you know, it, it was it team bonding? I don't know what was going <laughs> on there. Uh, end of the first period, though, in Tampa. Panthers and Lightning, no score. I cannot believe the top seed is about to get swept. Well, I can't believe the uh, Lightning, who are on the uh, edge of disaster against the Maple Laughs, yeah. well, are now in the position they are, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. The three-peat is still alive. It sure is. Uh, 9.30 tonight, the Avalanche and Blues in San Luis. Before we go, we were almost remiss. How bad do you feel for Mito Pereira? So bad. You have a one-shot lead on the 18th tee. And you bring out Driver. Now listen, again, I'm in no position to (laughs) second-guess a guy of his caliber. But here's what you're looking at. I know you striped it with Driver in round three on Saturday. Boom, right down the middle. But there's emotions involved right now. There's adrenaline involved right now. You're a young Chilean player with an opportunity to win the PGA Championship. Why wouldn't you just go three wood? You just needed par. That's all I'm asking. I heard today, actually, that this guy was really good on the on one of these tours that wasn't the PGA, the, the lesser tour. And he is an excellent player. I'm he sure is. he walked up to that tee box not thinking anything. I got one hole to go. But his swing looks so different than anything he had done. It was about as awkward of a swing. Was it a nervous swing? Was he trying to steer that golf ball as opposed to hitting it? Yeah, probably. Uh, and then they show the ball trundling towards the water at a rapid pace. And I'm thinking, oh, no. I was like, no way it goes in the creek. Oh, no. And no then they way. show it. <laughs> Underwater. Oh, and Jim Nan says, oh, no. He just, he could have bogeyed and made himself get into that playoff. Of course. But no, he double bogeyed and he was out of it. It was so sad for him. But to his credit, and I applauded him 
in my family room on the recliner, he spoke to Amanda Bellionis. Agreed. And he was pleasant and and a lovely guy, it seems. And it doesn't take away from Justin Thomas. A 1.2% chance of winning the tournament going into the championship round. Down seven. Seven shots back. There's the lesson, kids. Never give up. Don't ever give up. And you know what? I think it says a lot about his makeup. Because you tune into any event, doesn't matter if it's a major or just a PGA Tour event, and they show Justin Thomas. You don't know if he's up three, down three, whatever the case may be. He's got a great temperament. Yeah. But all he could hope for was that the field at a very difficult golf course, Southern Hills, the field would come back to him. And, and by it golly, did. it did. When they went to that three-hole playoff, I knew he was going to win. I mean, he just has that mentality. He's won before. Now he's a two-time major champion. I just didn't think Will Zalatoris had it in him. Well, the shot uh, by JT uh, on that 17th hole, par the four. second hole of the aggregate playoff, uh, par four short, playing 301 yards, and he puts it 35 feet. 35 feet. Right, with a driver. Unbelievable. Right? Or was it a three-wood? Uh, no, I think it was three-wood. Okay, three-wood. I think. Either way, he was being aggressive. Is my point. Yeah, he was. And Zalatoris had a chance to uh, equal the birdie, but his eight-footer missed and game over. Uh, By the way, Justin Thomas, uh, he had gone 14 months since his last victory at the Players' Championship last year, now has a PGA Tour win in each of his past eight years and moves to number five in the world. Good for him. I like Justin Thomas. Well, and this is why I applaud him, because he is the one – uh, how are we doing on time? Uh, he is the one with all this uh, Saudi Golf League noise going on. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, affecting uh, Phil Mickelson, I think a great deal. Um, Sergio Garcia is uh, can't wait to get out of the PGA Tour. Justin Thomas is the one PGA Tour player that said, if that's how you feel, go. Right. Just go. Well, Ricky Fowler was asked about this this week, and he didn't say no. He said, well, you know, I could see how people would. And you know, he didn't say no. Well, again, at the end of the day, you know, how much, and I think we touched on it last week, but how much is this going to affect Phil Mickelson, who has now missed two straight majors, has not really said a word to anybody in three months. Oh, and by the way, Phil Mickelson has made $100 million on the PGA Tour. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but the, but that uh, Saudi league is going to play a week before the U.S. Open, and then that's going to force the USGA to make some decisions if some guys play in that Saudi league thing the week before and then want to come play in the U.S. Open. Well, you know, here's what I know. Uh, Tiger Woods, sadly, had to withdraw uh, going into yesterday's championship round at the PGA Championship, put up a 79 in the third round on Saturday. Uh, he has been noncommittal about playing in the next major. That would be the U.S. Open, scheduled for June 16th through the 19th. Just get some rest, Tiger, right. and we'll see you soon. All right, that does it for us for this edition of the Sportsbook. For everybody involved, thank you very much for tuning in. Good night, everybody.